Act Two of All That Glitters Is Not Gold by John Madison Morton and Thomas Morton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. All the glitters is not gold. Act two. Scene: An apartment brilliantly illuminated. Large folding doors at center, showing a suite of rooms beyond similarly illuminated. Large French casement window at right third entrance. Door right second entrance. Door is left first entrance left, second entrance, and left third entrance, sofa right, armchairs, and etc. Table with writing materials left. Enter Jasper Plum at center in evening dress. Come, I flatter myself my first assembly opens with satisfactory eclat. Everything I see, everything I hear, everything I touch, everything I smell appears to me to have something distinguished about it. What over there? Ices for the ballroom. Enter Toby at door right, second entrance, with large tray full of ices. He is in livery. Jasper, recognizing him. Hello. How the devil, sir, did you get here? Why, being naturally anxious to witness the festivities on this occasion, and as you forgot to send me an invitation, no apologies, I forgive you, I requested permission of your son, Mr. Stephen Plum, to put on the livery of the Plums. Crosses to table left, and places tray on it. And pray, sir, what is it you do? Why, I do the eating and drinking department. I chose it myself, because I felt competent to do the thing well. Jasper, right. And pray, sir, is that all you do? Toby. Left. No, sometimes I vary the monotony of the thing by asking people to take cards or to let me show them a little conjuring. There's one trick, especially, that I'm very fond of doing. I borrow a gentleman's purse, brimful of money, and in an incredibly short space of time, I return it to him perfectly empty. And what's more, he never sees a farthing of his money again. He retires. Sure. Aside. Well thought of. I may make this fellow useful in carrying out my deep-laid plan. It's now two months since I promised that unhappy boy of mine, Stephen, that I would transfer this uneducated girl, Martha Gibbs, from the factory to the salon. Tonight she makes her first curtsy in a ballroom. Surely there can be but one result. Her head must turn giddy with her sudden elevation. Her vulgarity be exposed, perhaps her integrity shaken, and Stephen be cured of his infatuation. I'll set this fellow to watch her. Aloud. Toby, come here. Looking about him mysteriously, Toby does the same. You seem to have a good pair of eyes in your head. Well, I hope they are, because I give you my honour. They're the only ones I've got. Listen, there is a certain person here tonight that I wish you to keep your eye upon. Somebody you think likely to pocket the spoons? Sure. In a word, the individual that I wish you not to lose sight of is your former associate in the factory, Martha Gibbs. Hush! Toby, aside. 
What's in the wind now? Loud. Ah, yes. By the by, sir, the mill folks say that Martha has become quite a grand lady. That's the point. I wish to know whether she makes a proper return for the kindness I have shown her. You will, therefore, watch her closely, and if you perceive the slightest levity of manner, or the most trifling want of decorum in her conduct, inform me instantly. Of course I will. Aside. Of course I won't. I know a trick worth two of that. Going to table and taking tray. And now, Toby, take that load of pineapple ice into the ballroom and present an ice to each lady at the end of the polka. The polka? Oh, don't talk about it. Dancing the polka and ending with a pirouette, nearly upsetting the tray. Zounds! Be quiet, and mind you give it with a grace. I hope you give ice with a grace, Toby. No, sir. I generally give it with a spoon. Sure. This is the sort of thing I mean. Takes tray and presents it with a low bow to Toby. Toby takes ice and eats it. Thank you. Hello. Hello, sir. Well, I don't mind if I do. Takes some cake. Eats. There. That'll do for the present. And now I'll go and take a stroll in the ballroom. Going. Stop, sir, and take your infernal tray along with you. Gives Toby the tray. And Toby, be sure you present an ice to Lady Leatherbridge, spoon and all. Toby, right. What? The old lady with a sort of yellow towel tied ever so many times round her head? I've given her nine already. She wanted another just now, and I wouldn't let her have it. Going. One word more, Toby. If you should have to announce any one of my guests, Sir Arthur Lassell, for instance, mind you, do it properly. Oh, I know. Announcing. Here's Mr. Sir Arthur Lassell. That's not it at all. Announcing. Sir Arthur Lassell, you blockhead. Now, go along. As Toby goes towards centre, Sir Arthur enters centre from left, meets him, and is about to take ice off tray. Toby, turning away. Well, I think you might have waited till I asked you. Turning to Jasper. And very loud. Sir Arthur Lassell, you blockhead. Exit centre and left. Ah, Sir Arthur at last. I beg to apologise, my dear Plum, but Lord Downing, my uncle, arrived at Clifton but two hours ago. Hence my detention. The cabinet minister, my dear Frederick Williams' patron, who so condescendingly attached him to a diplomatic mission to St. Petersburg and sent him off fifteen days after his marriage, and all thanks to your influence, your solicitations, generous man. This devotion to the interests of the Plum family is only the more intensely gratifying, proceeding as it does from the observed of all observers, a man who has turned half the female heads in the neighbourhood. Aside to him. I'll be bound. You've got half a dozen little love affairs on your hands at this moment. You are wrong. Coolly. It is the great moral principle of my life never to exceed two attachments at the same time. Only two at a time? Conscientious man! Sportsmen say, however, when you flush a covey, aim at only one bird. Sir Arthur, right. That rule depends upon the game. It holds good with partridges, not with women. Listen... 
profess love to two women and you convert them into rivals jealousy begets competition and i need not tell a man of business that competition always benefits the buyer jasper left ingenious creature and i'll be bound you have put your principle into practice with enviable success eh tolerably so and entre nous rather effectively at this moment indeed let me hear great creature let me hear you are irresistible my dear plum well then one of the ladies in question i got acquainted with about two years ago at ramsgate one day during my morning ride i saw a runaway carriage making for the bank of the cliff putting spurs on my horse i succeeded in stopping a career that in a few moments would have been fatal to the carriage including the lady oh i see your heroine number one precisely of course my acquaintance was solicited and the romance promised the most interesting results but unluckily my uncle insisted on my visiting the continent resistance or delay was impossible however on my recent return to england i accidentally met the lady again and although there are now other claims upon her which she chooses to fancy sacred i hope to supersede them by means of the other heroine of the story the other oh i remember number two exactly a very noticeable little creature indeed who voluntarily throws herself in my way of course she must be indulged especially as she serves my projects with the other poor little number two i'm afraid you'll sacrifice her to number one enter valeria at centre from left exclaims ah! on seeing sir arthur she is immediately and rapidly followed by martha do you know i'd give the world to see this number one and number two a little patience and perhaps you may seeing valeria right and seeing martha left smiling and looking at each in turn aside here's one and there is the other martha aside yes he's here i feel sure of it jasper center what do you want martha martha assuming naivete nothing i only wanted a rest in here it is so hot in there jasper aside rest in here hot in there poor stephen that ever a son of mine should marry such language as that by the by martha don't forget that my son stephen and i have business early in the morning at gloucester we shall start the moment the ball is over you had therefore better retire early in order to be stirring when factory work begins very well sir sir arthur shows that this arrangement has not escaped him sir arthur write to lady valeria allow me to reconduct you to the ballroom aside to her and earnestly i must speak with you alone hush we are observed loud we shall see you presently my dear mr plum conducts lady valeria out 
at center and left. Martha left aside. Again together. About to follow. Hey, dear, Miss Martha, is that the way you take a rest in here because it is so hot in there? Martha not minding him and still looking after Sir Arthur. He leads her to a retired part of the room. She leans on him for treacherous support. I'll part them at every risk in spite of him, in spite of herself. My dear departed mistress, help me to save your child. Exit center and left. Well, somehow or other, I begin to feel a horrible suspicion that my exceedingly deep-laid plan against Martha will turn out excessively shallow. Enter Lady Leatherbridge hastily center from left. The bold, impertinent minx! Walking to left. Her ladyship, and apparently in a devil of a passion. Following her. The pert, presumptuous hussy! Jasper, still walking after her. You seem agitated. I dread to inquire the cause. Haven't they given you enough to eat and drink? Lady Leatherbridge, left, suddenly turning upon him. Jasper jumps away. Eat and drink, man. Do you think I'm a woman to be influenced by confectionery? Besides, I've partaken copiously of everything. Jasper aside. I begin to suspect she has. Loud. What is the matter? Lady Leatherbridge, loud and suddenly. Jasper jumps away. Plum, listen. There is a certain young woman, an inmate of your house, Report says the affianced bride of your eldest son. Jasper Wright. I blush to confess it, but only conditionally, on the condition solely of her exemplary conduct. Lady Leatherbridge left. Tis on that point I wish to speak. Loud again. Do you sleep with your eyes open? Never. Because when awake, you certainly keep them shut, or you would have perceived long ago the palpable designs of this girl Martha upon Sir Arthur Lascelles. Eh? What? Tonight she has made herself more conspicuous than ever. Valeria and I have been equally annoyed by her. Sir Arthur can't speak to me, but Martha answers. Valeria can't move toward him, but Martha is in the way. In short, her behaviour is the common talk of the ballroom. Jasper Wright, joyfully. You don't mean it. My dear friend, your mortification gives me unspeakable pleasure, for if I can only fix this scandal upon the girl's character, I shall have the moral satisfaction of turning her out of doors. Indeed. Then I'll undertake to furnish conclusive evidence. Only do that, and you'll save the plum from disgrace. My son Stephen from a coquette, Sir Arthur from a persecution. And, by the by, you seem to take a lively interest in Sir Arthur, too. Lady Leatherbridge, simpering. Oh, Plum! In fact, it's quite clear you love him. Oh, Plum! As a mother. Lady Leatherbridge, very loud. Plum! Sir, I'll leave you to judge of my feelings when I tell you Sir Arthur saved my life. Saved your life, too? Aside. He seems to have a knack of saving ladies' lives. Can I ever forget that memorable morning at Ramsgate when he arrested my runaway carriage on the very brink of the cliff and rescued his Letitia from destruction? Ramsgate? Runaway carriage? Brink of the cliff? Aside. 
gracious powers sir arthur's heroine number one well i must say he's not particular to a year or two doesn't the life that arthur saved belong to arthur don't you observe his incessant attentions is he ever out of the house oh plum you know how easy it is to touch a woman's feelings i do ha <laughs> go along do slightly nudging her in the side toby appears at centre from left with his tray jasper and lady leatherbridge look embarrassed it's all right i didn't see anything leave the room fellow enter stephen centre from left toby aside to stephen i say you'd better keep an eye upon your respected sire because i just caught him tickling old leather breech exit toby centre and left stephen laughing very loud <laughs> jasper aside that damned laugh again loud well stephen i've scarcely set eyes on you all the evening how do you like the ball stephen i hope you have been happy and comfortable stephen centre well i can't say much for the comfort dad i don't see the comfort of squeezing folks together as tight as cotton bags but you don't forget the young and lovely women stephen no i don't but there be such a sight of old and ugly ones among em to lady leatherbridge now i don't say that because of you my lady lady leatherbridge left young man jasper right stephen plum stephen centre well don't be angry i'm a-goin i've got to dance jolly old english sir roger to covery i'd ask you ma'am only i'm better engaged engaged to whom to martha i'll be bound you've hit it then i rather think you'll find that martha has got much pleasanter company than sir roger de coverley looking significantly at lady leatherbridge lady leatherbridge returning look yes or mr stephen plum either i'm afraid stephen suddenly serious what do you mean lady leatherbridge significantly nothing nothing then i think it would be just as well to stay what you mean come dad be as straightforward as i be consider your ladyship here out of the way and speak the truth what's all this about martha gibbs she be as good and modest a girl as ever trod the earth i really know very little about treading the earth as i invariably ride but a modest girl may be dazzled by an elegant exterior flattered by attentions especially from a superior to whom she's inferior in a word young man i advise you as a friend to keep an eye upon miss martha gibbs so do i one eye on her and one eye on somebody else and that somebody else sir arthur lascelles the young baronet martha <laughs> very loud jasper aside that damned laugh again come dad and you my lady confess you've uttered a cruel calumny against a poor innocent girl and that you be ashamed of yourselves as you ought to be come confess it to do you good both of you judge for yourself points to martha who enters arm in arm with sir arthur lady valeria escorted by another gentleman male and female guest centre from left stephen aside together arm in arm lady leatherbridge significantly ahem retires to back sir arthur 
right centre. Really, my good plum, your style of doing the thing is by no means bad. Looking round, Jasper, left centre, bowing. My style of doing the thing feels itself highly honoured. Aside to him. By the by, I've taken the enormous liberty of making a discovery. I found out who your number one is. Sir Arthur starts. Indeed? Aside. I hope not. Jasper, aside. I have. And what's more, I'm happy to tell you she dotes on you. In a word, Lady Leatherbridge is yours. With great earnestness. I happen to know it. Sir Arthur, aside. Ha ha. Loud. I see I must be cautious when the eyes of so discerning a person as Mr. Plum are fixed on me. Jasper bows, retires up, and joins the guest at back. Sir Arthur joins Lady Valeria. Stephen left, who has been standing alone and abstracted. I must, I will speak to her. Loud. Martha. Martha, right. Coming to him. Yes, Mr. Stephen. I've just two words to say to you, Martha. Indeed, not now, presently. During the next dance. I hope you remember you are my partner. Oh, yes. I've no objections to make a fool of myself for once, just to please you. Taking her hand, and earnestly. Martha. Observing that she is looking at Sir Arthur, he quietly drops her hand and turns away to hide his emotion. Martha, watching Sir Arthur and Lady Valeria. He whispers to her again. Ah, oh, that blush, that emotion. I cannot, dare not separate them again. What's to be done? Suddenly. Ah, oh, yes, it shall be so. Loud. Mr. Stephen. Stephen, approaching. Well, Martha. Sir Arthur and Lady Valeria, who are talking apart, advance downstage right. You'll not refuse me a favor. I don't think I could if I tried. What is it, Martha? Why, that you ask your sister-in-law, Lady Valeria, to be your partner for the next dance. Stephen, trying to conceal his vexation. The next dance? Certainly, Martha, if you wish it, only I thought... That you were engaged to me. So you are. Only Lady Valeria is evidently hurt at your want of attention. I see she is. Is she, though? Lord lover, I'm sure I'll dance with her till I drop, and she too. Then make haste. Ask her before she is engaged. Now go! Pushing Stephen. Stephen approaches Valeria, slightly shouldering Sir Arthur to right. Beg pardon, Baronet. Sister-in-law, I understand you want to dance with me. I mean, you understand I want to dance with you. That's it. I'm not much of a hand at it, so if you turn and twist me about too much... Down I go, as sure as a gun. However, I'll do my best. Valeria, aside. How fortunate! I can thus avoid the interview Sir Arthur solicits. Taking Stephen's arm. I assure you, my dear brother-in-law, I am only too happy to secure you for my cavalier. Be you, though? Then come along. Hurries Valeria out, pushing unceremoniously through other dancers, who follow them off with Jasper, center and left. Sir Arthur, right. So, so, she thinks to escape me. Well, let the poor little bird flutter her wings a little longer and dream of liberty. My prize may be delayed, but is not the less secure. 
I'll not lose sight of her. Here, Lady Leatherbridge puts her arm within his, hiding her face modestly with her fan. Sir Arthur, annoyed, goes out rapidly center and left, dragging her after him. Soft music heard, left upper entrance. Sir Roger de Coverley. Martha, watching him out. Once more I've parted them, and for a short time at least, she is safe. Would that Mr. Frederick were returned. For every hour that prolongs his absence, gives hope to Sir Arthur and fear to me. Looking off, center and left. Ah, what do I see? Sir Arthur again at her side. How earnestly he speaks to her. And there stands Mr. Stephen, staring up at the ceiling like a great simpleton. And now, now he starts off, dancing all by himself and throwing the whole room into confusion. If I could but interrupt them. Ah, Sir Arthur looks this way, sees me. Shall I hesitate? No, her reputation must be saved, though I risk my own. Perhaps a smile, even from the poor factory girl, will not be lost upon his vanity. Looking off at center and smiling. Yes, he comes. Did he but know how I despise and hate him? Seats herself right. Music ceases. Enter Sir Arthur, center from left. Sir Arthur aside. I was right. She is here. And, of course, alone. That alluring smile couldn't be mistaken. As I have never been made love to before, I am rather curious to see how women set about it. Takes book, seats himself at table left, pretending to read, but keeps his eyes on Martha. Martha, aside. He doesn't speak. Sir Arthur, aside. Not a word. Perhaps a step or two towards the door may assist her powers of articulation. Rises and moves towards door center. Meets Toby, who appears center from left with his tray. Nothing, I thank you. Toby turns and goes out, center and left. Martha, aside. If he leaves me, he returns to her. Aloud. Sir Arthur Lassell. Ah, my good Martha. I wish to speak to you. A few moments are all I ask. You will then be free to return to another. With pretended emotion, Sir Arthur aside. Jealous. Better and better. Aloud. Another, did you say? Martha, with heavy sigh. Hi-ho. Sir Arthur, aside. Poor thing. Now I look at her, she's really very far from ill-looking. Going up and taking chair, left. Toby again appears with his tray, left third entrance. Sir Arthur sees him. Toby turns and goes out, left third entrance. Damn that fellow. Approaches Martha with chair, sits left center. Martha aside and watching him. He remains. I thought so. Loud. The conversation which I ventured to interrupt must doubtless have been very interesting. At least it appeared so, to the lady especially. Nay, a mere string of ballroom commonplaces. Why deceive me? In your earnestness and her emotion, I read my own folly. And its punishment. Turns her head away with pretended emotion. Sir Arthur, aside. So, so. 
now then effectually to arouse her jealousy and the victory's mine about to take her hand but stops on seeing toby who again appears at another door right second entrance after a pause toby turns and goes out again right second entrance i shall kill that man presently i'm sure i shall frankly then martha dear martha taking her hand she shudders the earnestness you observed in my manner to lady valeria was the natural effect of the language i was addressing her martha aside i must and will know the worst aloud oh sir arthur think me mad if you will but did she did she say unable to continue suddenly what did she say sir arthur aside one drop more in her cup of jealousy and she's mine aloud her reply is yet to come lo i have solicited an interview to-morrow and when the ball breaks up should she consent to meet me she will let the flowers which she carries in her bosom fall to the ground martha imploringly oh promise swear to me that you will not meet her sir arthur more boldly and earnestly on one condition and on one condition only martha hurriedly name it listen martha about to address her in a half whisper sees toby who appears at the door left second entrance toby turns and goes out again sir arthur watches him goes out then low and rapidly to martha pointing to the window right third entrance yonder casement communicates with the garden the moment mr plum and his son have left the house for gloucester let me find that casement open and you here on that condition and that only i will not meet the lady martha shuddering no no as you please lady valeria may possibly be more compassionate martha is about to speak nay i do not require your answer now reconsider my proposal and when the company disperse should you chance to feel less inflexible recollect you have just taken your first lesson in the significant language of flowers points to the nosegay she carries in her bosom and bows at this moment stephen enters centre from left sees him bow and stops sir arthur going out at left third entrance meets toby who again appears with his tray what the devil do you want sir why i've been waiting for a considerable time to ask you if you'd take an ice no then perhaps you'll take a card be gone booby exit sir arthur left third entrance toby following martha aside an interview with him alone no no i'm not prepared for that stephen right as if throwing off a painful suspicion and rapidly advancing martha martha starting mr stephen i've been looking for you martha and i was told by more than one of my father's guests that the surest way of finding martha gibbs was to look for the man who has just left her 
Martha left. Oh, Mr. Stephen, you do not, cannot suspect. Stephen, taking her hand. I never do suspect, Martha. Where I place my love, there I place my trust. And now, Martha, there's a secret. A secret that much concerns me and somebody else, Martha. A secret that I've had locked up in my breast for these three months past. And an uncommon hard matter I've had to keep it there, surely. A secret? Yes. Taking her hand, and half timidly. I'm... I... I'm going to be married, Martha. At least, I hope so. Martha, with emotion, and withdrawing her hand. Married? You? Don't take away your hand, Martha, but leave it where it is. In mine. As a token and a pledge that you will be my wife. Your wife? Clasping his hand. My wife, Martha. Oh, it's all settled long ago. Dad knows all about it. Freddy knows all about it. And soon everybody shall know all about it. In another week, the three months will be out. And then, Lord, Lord, it won't bear thinking about. The three months? What do you mean? Why? With hesitation. You see, when I told Dad how desperate fond I was of you, says he to me, Harky, Stephen, says he, let Martha know naught of this for three months, and if during that time she does nothing to forfeit the good character she holds, you shall be a husband, and I'll be a father to her. And now, Martha, you have my secret. Martha, with a strong impulse of affection. And you shall have mine, Stephen. I love you. Truly, gratefully, dearly love you. Stephen, clasping her in his arms. Oh, oh. I'm so happy. I don't know what I want to do most, laugh or cry. Lord, Lord, what a wedding we'll have. No fine folks in carriages, no powdered coachmen and footmen and all that gimcrack nonsense. No, no, Martha, we'll walk to church, arm in arm with all the factory at our heels, five hundred of them, and every one with a prayer in his heart and a blessing on his lips for his young master and mistress. Suddenly trying to look grave. But... Don't forget, Martha, there be another week to slip away. And mind, you'll be a better girl than ever, if that be possible. Guests pass across from left to right. Do not fear. Do add confidence to your love. And whatever you may see, whatever you may hear, trust me, Stephen. I will be worthy of them both. Don't I know you will? Look, there be the company breaking up. Not a word afore Dad. Retires upright. I can scarce believe my happiness. A few minutes since, and I might have compromised myself and lost the greatest joy that life can give, the honest love of an honest heart. I now renounce the task I had imposed upon myself. Henceforth, Lady Valeria, I can only pray for you. Enter Lady Leatherbridge, Lady Valeria, and Sir Arthur, center from left. Jasper. From left. Where's Lady Valeria? Where's Lady Leatherbridge? Where's Stephen? Where's anybody? Where's everybody? Runs in with open letter in his hand. News! Great glorious news! What? what? He's here. I mean, he will be here. He's come back. That is, he's coming back. Who? Who? Jasper Center. Frederick William, my darling son. To Valeria. Your husband. To Stephen. Your brother. Brother Freddy coming back? Huzzah! I've just received this letter. 
My boy is now on his return to England. Nay, maybe hourly expected here. Exit centre and left with Lady Leatherbridge. Sir Arthur aside. Hourly expected, but not yet arrived. And I not yet defeated. Martha right aside and thankfully. Her husband returns, and she is saved. Valeria left aside. And is mine the only heart that feels no joy? I cannot, dare not, will not meet him. Starting at seeing Sir Arthur's eye fixed upon her. Martha, right, aside and observing her. What ails her? Ah, the tempter's eye is upon her. She trembles, hesitates. Life and death, honor and shame are in that struggle. Ah! Seeing Valeria drop her bouquet. She's lost. Sir Arthur aside. I triumph. Smiles significantly at Martha. Martha, under strong emotion. She stands upon the brink of ruin. Shall I not snatch her from destruction? Yes, yes, I will save her, whose mother preserved mine. Looks at Sir Arthur and drops her bouquet. Sir Arthur, center aside. A double shot, egad. Stephen, coming down right, picking up Martha's bouquet and presenting it to her. Martha, you've dropped your nosegay. Seeing her hesitate. Take it, Martha. In a subdued tone, affectionately pressing her hand. The next flowers you wear will be a wreath of bridal flowers. Exit Sir Arthur and Valeria, center and left. As he is going out, Sir Arthur turns, looks significantly at Martha, and bows to her. Stephen notices the action and seems struck. Martha crosses to left, aside, and shuddering. I am sick at heart. Stephen, upright to Martha, who seems absorbed in thought and gently touching her arm. Martha, the ballroom be nearly empty. Martha, I say... Martha covers her face with her hands. This agitation, this emotion, what has happened? Speak. Martha sent her in high excitement. I cannot, cannot, Stephen. Unable to proceed. Heaven help me. Rushes out. Left first exit. Stephen. A long pause. This is strange. Very strange. She says she loves me. Yet when that man returns... The very man that I've been warned against. She seems bewitched that moment. Her eyes are fixed on him, and, and not one look for me. And when I ask her to explain, she hides her face, runs away, and leaves me in this terrible, cruel doubt. Going to left first exit. Doubt? Did I say doubt? If I did, I ought to be ashamed myself. For look, a light in her room and her door open. And there I see her now, sitting with her book spread afore her, and writing down all she said and done and thought, with heaven and her own conscience looking on. Oh, Stephen, tis the first doubt of her that ever came into your heart. And let it be the last. Ah, she rises, shuts her book, and leaves her room. She comes this way. I'll take the other passage. I must and will read what she has written. Twas there I first learnt her worth. "'Tis there I'll seek her justification. "'Exit. Left second exit. "'Enter Valeria. Left third exit. "'What can Martha mean? 
Why the mysterious tone and tenor of her words as she passed me hurriedly in the corridor? She begged, implored me instantly to meet her here. Ah, she comes. Re-enter Martha hurriedly, left first exit. Martha left, approaching Valeria. Oh, thanks, thanks. Valeria right, coldly and retiring from her. To the business before us. Why have you solicited this interview? Martha, with animation. To save you from a villain. Yes, lady, if his actions call him a villain, why should my tongue do less? With increasing energy. The man who cheats at cards is struck from the fraternity of gamblers as a wretch too base to mingle even with the base. But what must that man be who tempts a virtuous wife to a game where she stakes all and he stakes nothing? Where she, poor cheated thing, madly lays honor, conscience, happiness, heaven itself upon an accursed chance, whilst he has nothing left to lose, not even his worthless character. Valeria, aside. Does she presume to rebuke me? Aloud. I beg to know the drift of this eloquent invective. A little patience and you shall. Aside, and looking towards window. Not yet come. Goes up left, and looking towards right window. You seem expecting someone. Yes, madam. One who loves me. At least he tells me so. Ah, oh, that noise. Hurries to window and looks out. My visitor is here, madam. You may perhaps recognize him. Partly withdrawing curtain. Valeria left, who has gone a few steps up the stage. Sir Arthur, tis he. To Martha. And do you presume to say Sir Arthur has asked a secret interview with you? I do. And even pretended love to you? I do. I'll not believe it. You shall hear it from his own lips. Still so confident? If you prove this... Martha, hurriedly. I will. I will. But moments are precious. In, in here. Hurries Valeria into room, right second entrance. The window is opened, and Sir Arthur looks cautiously in. The window open. Then Mr. Plum and his son must have left the house. Martha, are you alone? Yes. Aside. How I tremble. Leans for support on chairs, looking anxiously towards the door at which Valeria has gone out. Sir Arthur enters, then closes the window. At this moment the door, left third entrance, is cautiously opened, and Lady Leatherbridge looks in. Lady Leatherbridge aside. I was not deceived then. Oh, the monster! Oh, the hussy! Closes door again. Sir Arthur Wright, who turns and sees the motion of the closing door. Tis strange. My presence seems to agitate the very doors. Again. Ah, that glance revealed a petticoat. I am watched. But what jealousy can prompt this espionage? It must be Valeria smiling then i must change my tactics audacity befriend me approaching martha and assuming a cold and constrained manner martha you will think me a strange creature and so i am but in the fashionable world one contracts bad habits and does mischief without intending it 
At this evening's ball, for instance, I was betrayed into a tenderness towards you which, though in every way qualified to inspire it, it is my duty to tell you you can never create in me. In a loud tone, looking towards the door, left third entrance. Lady Leatherbridge, looking out. Noble Arthur, take that, hussy. Martha, left aside. Have I been deceived? Loud. But this interview, sir, your own solicitation. Was eminently moral, as my explanation will prove. Directing his speech towards door, left third entrance. My dear young friend, I have long fancied I observed in you a partiality for my society, which, however flattering to my vanity, honour compels me to suppress. Loud and pointedly. My heart has long been exclusively devoted to a woman whose life I had once the happiness to save. Lady Leatherbridge, bobbing at door. Ecstatic recollection. Happy Letitia, the victory's mine. And now for revenge upon that huzzy. Disappears, closing door with noise. Martha, aside, looking towards door where Valeria is. I thought to save her, and I have completed her ruin. Crosses to right. Sir Arthur, who has observed the closing of the door, left third entrance, hurriedly approaches it and looks out, aside. Valeria's gone. She's mine. Now for the other. A little bombast will do good here. Hastening to Martha and assuming a strongly contrasted manner. Dry the tears that dim those lovely eyes, sweet Martha, and let your ear bear these riveting tidings to your heart. I love you. Martha, right aside. What do I hear? Aloud. Indeed. Then your love for another? Sir Arthur left. Poor! A mere lover's stratagem to convince myself of your affection. And now, sweet Martha, banish jealousy for ever. Exert your empire over me, and you will find me the slave of your every wish. About to take her waist. Gate bell. Right upper entrance. What noise is that? Martha, running to window. A travelling carriage at the door. Jasper, without, left. What ho! John! Thomas! Lights here! Plum's voice! The devil! Fly! Fly! By the garden! Quick! Uh, we shall meet again! Yes, yes, but fly! Save yourself! Save me! Sir Arthur! hurries out at window. At the same moment, Valeria staggers indoor, right second entrance, pale and almost fainting, leans on chair for support, right. Martha, running to her. Oh, Valeria, dear Valeria, speak to me. Forgive me, oh, forgive me for the misery you have suffered. Forgive you, Martha, you who have taught me to loathe this heartless hypocrite and love the generous husband in whose face I can now presume to look, in whose arms I can now presume to seek shelter. Forgive you? 
Oh, Martha, my endless gratitude is yours. Speak not gratitude. Say you will love me, lady. Let me be your friend. My sister. Falling in Martha's arms. And now, dear friend, dear sister, be yourself again. Mr. Plum has this moment unexpectedly returned. Hark, he's here. Jasper, without. Where's Lady Valeria? This way, this way. Martha looks at Valeria, putting her finger on her lip. Enter Jasper, Lady Leatherbridge, and Frederick, in traveling dress, center from left. Frederick, right center. Valeria! Opening his arm. My husband! Rushing into his arm. Dear, dear Valeria, what happiness to meet again. Do you not think so, dearest? Valeria, with deep emotion and clasping his hand in both of hers. Yes, indeed, indeed I do. They talk apart. Lady Leatherbridge, right center, aside to him. It's all very well, Plum, but remember, you have a duty to perform. Pointing to Martha, who is mutely expressing her joy at Frederick's return. There she stands. How demure the little hypocrite looks. Do your duty, Plum. Jasper, aside to her. You sure of the fact? Quite. Then here goes. Aloud and assuming a serious tone. Frederick and you, Lady Valeria. Motioning them to approach. The day of your return home, my dear boy, should have been one of unalloyed happiness to us all. But, unfortunately, it is not so. Looking severely at Martha. Frederick Wright. Father, what mean you? Lady Leatherbridge aside. Now, now comes the triumph of Leatherbridge over Gibbs. Martha Gibbs. Martha left. Sir. Jasper, center. You have not been alone since the ball broke up. Martha and Valeria exchange looks. Late as it is, you have had a visitor. Martha, without hesitation. Lady Valeria, sir. The visitor I allude to is Sir Arthur Lassell. I have proofs. You'll be seen together. Lady Leatherbridge, left center. Yes, I am proud to say I was a listener behind that door. Pointing to left third entrance, Martha and Valeria again exchanged looks of alarm. Jasper to Martha. You are silent, and to think that you, you whom I should soon, very soon, have welcomed as a daughter, should have basely attempted to bring this blight upon the plums. Lose no time in making the necessary preparations for your departure. In ten minutes, you leave this roof forever. Forever? Oh, sir! Burst into tears and hides her face in her hands. Valeria, right, aside. Accused, disgraced, and for me! It must not, shall not be! Aloud. Hold, sir! To Plum. Frederick, right, center. Nay, Valeria, my father is right. For all our sakes, for your sake especially, this unhappy girl must leave this roof. I cannot allow your character to be endangered by any further association with one so undeserving. Martha, aside. This from him? Valeria, aside. She shall not suffer for my fault. Aloud to Fred. One moment, sir, and listen to me. Martha, quickly. Be silent, lady, I implore. You have heard your husband's words. With emphasis. It is necessary for your reputation that I should leave this house. Valeria crosses rapidly and aside to her. 
Oh, Martha, you cannot think that I will suffer. Martha, aside to her, and taking her hand. Nay, Valeria, the knowledge that you are happy will comfort me when I am gone. One more word. With deep emotion. There is one heart besides your own that will lament me. Tell him, when I am gone, that I owed a heavy debt of gratitude to a benefactress. And I have paid it. Exit left first entrance. Jasper, center, affected. Somehow or other, I don't feel quite so indignant as I did. Lady Leatherbridge, left center, aside to him. Plum, you're melting. No, no, no. Plum is all stone again. She must, she shall quit the factory. Enter Stephen, hurriedly, center from left, followed by Toby. Quit the factory? Who, Dad? No, no. No anger against anyone the day that my brother comes back to us. Welcome home, Freddy. A hundred and a hundred times welcome. Frederick, right. Dear Stephen. They shake hands heartily. Ah, my good friend Toby. Shakes Toby's hand. Toby, right. Yes, sir. I didn't feel inclined to go to bed. And so, for want of something better to do, I was asking myself to take cards when I saw you arrive. Stephen, right center. And now, Dad, who is it that must quit the factory? Seeing Jasper and Frederick appear confused. Why, Father, brother, what's the matter with you both? Toby, affectionately to Jasper. Ain't you well, sir? And yet, you didn't eat and drink so very much after all. If her ladyship had been poorly, I shouldn't have been so much surprised. Fellow! Hold your tongue, Toby. Seriously. For the third time, Father. Who is it that must quit the factory? You shall have your answer, Stephen Plum. The person just discharged from your father's factory is Martha Gibbs. Stephen starting. Martha Gibbs? But why? Why? Because I have proved her to be ungrateful to me and false to you. Stephen staggering. False? Father, you have been deceived. Someone has been imposing on your simplicity. For you know you be simple, Dad. You... You've been received. I know. I'm sure you have. Deeply affected. I wish I had my poor boy, but her perfidy is undeniable. I have proofs that on this spot, within this hour, she's received a lover, and that lover not Stephen Plum. Yes, young man. Stephen, violently to her. Silence. Stephen, it grieves me to afflict you, but Martha's permitted visitor this night was Sir Arthur Lassell. Stephen Wright. Sir Arthur Lassell? Toby Wright suddenly. I knew it. I expected it from what I saw. Stephen Wright Center. You knew it? Crosses to Toby. What? Speak, sir. What did you see? Did you observe any familiarity? Speak? Anxiously. Well, then, I certainly must say my constitutional delicacy was considerably shocked at witnessing the familiarity. Jasper and Lady Leatherbridge, anxiously. Yes, yes, yes. The astonishing familiarity between you and Lady Leatherbridge. Jasper and Lady Leatherbridge turn upstage indignantly. <laughs> well said, Toby. I can laugh now. I will laugh, for I see the plot against me. My father and brother would blush to see me marry an honest girl out of honest love, and they'd do this cruel thing to drive me mad. But I'll not go mad. Martha Gibbs shall be my wife, for she's innocent. I know it, and can prove it. 
Lady Leatherbridge left. Absurd. Stephen, violent. Silent woman. Toby, write confidentially to her. I would really advise you to put a curb on your parts of speech. Stephen Wright crosses the center. Father, come here, and you too, brother. If I could show you, prove to you, that Martha has for some time past, years perhaps, never laid her head upon her pillow at night without writing down in a book everything that she had thought, said, or done in the day that was gone. Supposing, I say, that this poor girl's diary was placed in your hands, would you, could you disbelieve what you found written in it? No, I'm sure you couldn't. Such a diary has Martha kept, and here it is. Produces book and opens it. Yes, here's the page she has just written. The ink scarce dry. I had a hard matter to find it in the dark. But though I've not read it, I know that it will justify her. Listen. Reading. During the ball tonight, Mr. Stephen took me aside and told me that he loved me. I did, Dad. I let the secret out. I couldn't help it. Reading again. The next moment, Sir Arthur Lassell came to me, and... and... Suddenly stopping. No, no, it can't be. Proceed, Stephen. Stephen, collecting himself and reading slowly. Sir Arthur Lassell came to me and telling me... Covers his face with his hand. Frederick, reading the book which Stephen still holds in his hand. And telling me he loved to... Solicited an interview, which I granted. Stephen falls into a chair right, overwhelmed with grief. Valeria snatches book out of Stephen's hand and looks at it, then aside. Not one word that condemns or even compromises me. Dear, generous, noble-hearted girl, you have taught me my duty. Hastens to table left, seats herself and writes. Frederick goes to Stephen and attempts to console him. Enter Martha, left first entrance. She has changed her dress to that of a spinner as in Act One. She carries an account book. Jasper crosses to her. Martha, to Jasper. Before I leave the factory, sir, I wish to place in your hands these accounts. You will find I have kept them faithfully. See Stephen, who, at the first sound of her voice, has looked up. Their eyes meet. Aside. Stephen here, and they have told him all. I can bear their scorn, but not his sorrow. Stephen, putting Frederick aside, who endeavors to detain him, and advancing towards Martha. Martha! With a violent effort to control himself. You said to me, not an hour since, Stephen had confidence to love, and whatever you may hear, whatever you may see, trust me, I will be worthy of them both. What I have heard, Martha, I need not tell you. What I have seen, I must tell you. I have seen, written in your diary in your own hand, that after I had told you that I loved you and proved that love by asking you to be my wife, Sir Arthur Lassell, telling you he loved you too, solicited an interview which you granted. I now ask you, Martha, is this true? Has that man been here? Martha, in a subdued tone. He has. Stephen, without looking at her, motions with his hand towards the door center. Oh, Martha... Go. Go. Martha is about to go when she turns, takes Stephen's hand, and presses it to her lips. Then, about to go off, Valeria, suddenly rising, advancing to left center. Hold! To Jasper and Frederick, who are about to interfere. One moment, I beg, Martha. 
Martha turns. Stephen retires up left and there watches the scene. Valeria, left center, resuming in a loud and decided tone. Martha, I must not, will not accept your generous sacrifice. Sacrifice? Martha, eagerly to Valeria. Oh, madam, what are you about to do? Valeria, center. My duty. These pages, the poor girl's diary, upon which you have accused, condemned, and degraded her, contain but a portion of the truth. The supplement I have supplied. Placing the book in Fred's hand. Read, sir. Frederick, right center aside. What can this mean? Reading aloud. Sir Arthur Lascelles solicited an interview, which I granted. Now for the supplement. All appear anxious. In Valeria's handwriting. Why do I tremble? Reads. Martha granted the interview, not to indulge her affection, but to dispel my infatuation. This false friend once preserved my life, and reared upon my gratitude the base design of robbing me of all that makes life worth preserving. To save me, Martha tore away his mask, and exposed the features of the selfish libertine. Oh, Frederick, to this calumnated generous girl I owe, perhaps, the precious privilege of thus asking your forgiveness. Turns and sees Valeria on her knees before him, her face buried in her hands, unable to speak, lets the book fall, and staggers to chair right. Stephen, left. She's innocent. She's innocent. Oh, my blessed girl. <laughs> Rushing forward and receiving Martha, who sinks into his arms. Toby, right, imitating Stephen's hysterical laugh. <laughs> throws his arm around Lady Leatherbridge. Martha, recovering, runs to Valeria and addresses Frederick. Oh, sir, speak to her. Her heart is almost breaking. Frederick, right center to Martha. Noble girl, you are too just to urge me to my own dishonor. Your virtue is my full security that I am not called upon to pardon guilt. Turns to Valeria, still kneeling, opens his arms. Valeria! She rushes into them. No allusions to the past. No word of reproach shall ever pass my lips. Sir Arthur heard without, center and left. My friend Frederick has returned, say you? Frederick, right center. Ah, the villain's voice. Valeria, center. Frederick, for my sake, no violence. Stephen, left. No, Freddy, no violence. I'll just chuck him out the window or something of that sort. Jasper picks up book and crosses left. Toby, right. Or suppose we treat him with the quiet contempt he deserves and all pitch into him at once. Stephen turns upstage left and crosses to right center at back. Enter Sir Arthur, center from left. Toby, meeting him and bowing him down. This way, sir. I won't take your hat and cane, because I don't think yours is likely to be a long visit. Sir Arthur, centre, looking around the room. Quite a family party, I declare. To Frederick. My dear Frederick, I heard of your arrival, and late as it is, hastened to congratulate you. Offering hand. 
Frederick is about to assault him, but is withheld by Valeria and Stephen. Frederick, I implore. Stephen, right center, getting between Frederick and Sir Arthur. To Frederick. Be quiet, Freddy. Let me talk to him. If you let me talk to him, I won't chuck him out of the window. There, now. To Sir Arthur, smiling. Yes, sir. As you say, we be quite a family party. There be Freddy and his wife, and there be me and my wife. Here Valeria and Martha pointedly embrace their husbands. And there be Dad and his new daughter Martha. Jasper left, taking Martha in his arms. Yes, the dear adopted daughter, the pride of the house of Plum. Sir Arthur, center aside. They have counterplotted, and I have got the worst of it. But I'll mortify them by my unconquerable serenity. Aloud. My dear friends, I congratulate you all. Sarcastically. The ladies especially. I will intrude no longer. Frederick, advancing. One moment, Sir Arthur Lascelle. But that reflection tells me my indignation will be thrown away. Rely on it. I should have readily found a tongue and weapon to express it. You have disappointed me, even of revenge. The man who is incapable of shame is unworthy of resentment. Retire, sir. Retire, inevitably, safe in the contempt and scorn you inspire. Points to door, Sir Arthur, with perfect placidity. Contempt and scorn. Well, I rarely quarrel with expressions. Indeed, it would be singularly unjust on this occasion, for I can assure Mr. Frederick Plum and the rest of this refined cotton-spinning fraternity that I take my leave with the most profound reciprocity of feeling. Bowing low and moving to door. Ha, ha, ha. Toby, right upstage, thundering in his ear. <laughs> Go to the devil. Toby, points to door. After you, if you please. Exit Sir Arthur, centre and right. Jasper, centre. Shameless to the last. Taking Stephen aside. Stephen, my boy, I see that you were right. All that glitters is not gold. Stephen, left aside to Jasper. Gold. Lord love you. No, Dad. But... Pointing after Sir Arthur. They do work up brass with such a polish nowadays. It'd be no easy job to tell one from the other. Toby returning downstage right. Well, I'm not naturally fond of rascals, but I do like that man. He's such an out-and-outer. Lady Leatherbridge, right aside. I've lost Arthur, but Plum remains. To be sure... The thing is old and the thing is ugly, but the thing has money. I'll try the thing. Loud. Plum. Simpering and nodding. Oh, Plum. Jasper. Center aside. I do believe she's ugly me. Heaven preserve me. Shakes a decided negative. Toby Wright, confidently to Lady Leatherbridge. Mr. Plum doesn't seem to cry about it, my lady. 
but if you'll leave me everything you've got when you've gone, and go as soon as you conveniently can, you'll be at liberty to propose for me. Four flings out centre and left. Toby follows her upstage and returns down left. Jasper centre. We have shrunk to a narrow circle, but I begin to think that the circle of happiness is like one of your factory wheels, Stephen. All the stronger, the smaller the circumference. Bless you all, my children. Bless you all. Frederick passes to right. Stephen, presenting diary to Martha. Martha, look here. Your diary. What will be your next entry in this precious book? Martha left. I hardly know. Crossing to audience, left center, hesitatingly. But if on retiring, I dared venture to inscribe there that we have gained the approving sympathies of the good, kind hearts around us, that would, indeed, be the brightest page, the proudest line in all the poor girl's diary. Curtain. End of Act Two. End of All That Glitters Is Not Gold by John Madison Morton and Thomas Morton.